Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. So you want to be in audio description, writing and narrating. You want to be behind the scenes doing audio. That's what we're here to talk about tonight. BPI, Blind Pride International, in association with our parent organization, American Council of the Blind, presents this interactive and very creative discussion. I'm Anthony Corona. You may know me from Pride Connection, BPI's flagship show or Sunday edition. And I'm here with BPI board member Chris Snyder, who works for Audio Eyes and has been a huge part of our audio discussions in the past. You can find some of those discussions on our website. I'm also joined by keynote speaker of this year's banquet, Roy Samuelson. Good evening, hey there. Thanks everyone. for having me. Yeah. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, um, Anthony. Roy also brought Stephen Salato. If I chopped that name, please forgive me. Um, he is a, I believe, casting director for audio description. And he yeah, and I think uh, he's <laughs> he's having a little bit of trouble getting in, but uh, let's I see what happens here. He's promoted. He's the right player. There you go. Okay. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you so much. Hi, can everyone hear me okay? Uh, Yeah, we're hearing you fine. So in our previous discussions, we have spoken about the process. We've spoken about quality. We, of course, have spoken about Roy's initiative with Kevin's. It used to be Kevin's process. It's now Kevin's quality. Kevin's way. Kevin's way. Kevin's way. Excuse me. Um, And so we wanted to go one step further because there's been a lot of interest, a lot of questions in our previous calls about how can I get into the business. So, Roy, why don't you give us an overview of what it takes to get in the business? There we go. I've got uh, uh, a very limited experience as a voice talent, and in the uh, in the series of interviews with uh, with different talents that provide audio description that consume audio description and also make decisions. It's been fascinating to learn about all the different care and quality and and excellence that's provided. And one of the things that's most exciting for me is how our blind audiences are connecting to the entertainment industry. And to your point, and also the point of this, uh, this webinar is how great it is that talents are learning about audio description either on the voiceover side who are learning specifically about the nuance of audio description and that high wire act of making sure that their delivery makes sure that the audience is immersed into the story, as well as blind talents who are practiced and and learning about audio description. So it's really exciting time right now. In that being Chris Snyder, who is a BPI board member and an amazing, you know, an amazing personage in the audio description world is a blind talent himself. Um, He is also the leader of a family that is in audio description. We've spoken about that on a previous call. Chris, tell us a little bit about the process for you. How did you get into the business? I I really uh, have to tell you that I fell into it um, quite uh, quite by uh, just circumstance. Um, So when I... um, was an audio engineering apprentice. Uh, I I got an internship 
with Rick Boggs at his studio um, that was at that time doing music. So I was I was an intern at a music at a small music studio and uh, learning the ins and outs of Pro Tools and 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 all that. And then um, uh, the video description mandate, the audio. Well, now it's audio description. Back then, everybody called it video description or descriptive video. Um, the mandate came out from the FCC in 2002 saying that um, the networks had to provide, I think it was something like four, it was like eight hours or something like that, maybe four hours per quarter. I can't remember um, of uh, description. And so um, there was a mad scramble of, uh, for the networks to find um, a description provider. And uh, Rick uh, had been talking with Jolie Mason of the Los Angeles Radio Reading Service. And she said, you know, you should do this. You, you've already been, you know, on the panel at uh, WGBH and you've been an audio description advocate for years. And, you know, this is something that, that um, they need studios for. So he decided to give it a shot. And we um, were one of many companies who auditioned <clears throat> for um abc at the time and they were very interested in um taking us on they we passed their description we auditioned for nbc as well but they decided for uh, a different company but um we um that's how that's how we got into it and and then when the mandate went away in 2003 um the networks told the FCC, oh, we'll do it voluntarily, but CBS was the only one, um, actually, they kept, they kept, a few of the networks kept the programs that they had been describing, they kept describing them, and then that was the end of it. They didn't get any new programs in or anything like that, so um, it kind of went away for a while, as many of you know, and we all kind of had to scramble to get to um, description. Um and then when it came back, when we codified it into law, thanks to uh, Congress in 2010, the Communications Video Accessibility Act of 2010 um, uh, was uh, passed through Congress and signed by the president. And um, they brought it back uh, starting in 2012. And so that's I've been we've been doing it ever since. And the mandate hours required hours for description have increased and they are going to continue to increase and then came the streaming services and they you know they decided to um start offering with with a lot of you know structured negotiation thank you acb um and uh getting getting them to um to uh start providing video description so we've got netflix amazon prime and hulu and um on many other services to come on quite disney plus and, and several others so um you know so it's it's just it's continually expanding and as it expands um i just i really am a proponent of getting blind people into the industry we've got to be represented both as 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 narrators as uh, quality control experts as um voiceover artists i said narrators sorry as audio engineers um but just at, at every level we can be in um i think it's really important so so that's how i got into it and and um and i've I, i've worn all of those hats and i still do and i and i do um a lot of the casting uh for audio eyes as far as narrators 
So we're going to jump into that discussion in a few minutes, but um, two different sidebars that I want to mention before we really get into the heart of the matter. Uh, Chris uh, and Roy have been here multiple times talking about all the different aspects of audio description. And I always like to mention that if you think Chris's voice is familiar and you haven't been on a BPI call before, it's probably because you've heard him on programs like the Goldbergs or Fresh Off the Boat, just to name two, but there are plenty that he's been on. Don't forget <laughs> Modern Family. Modern Family, of course. <laughs> Second sidebar note, we were discussing something a while back and I took it um, to heart and brought it to some of my friends and we did a campaign for all four of the remaining soap operas on network television and one of them took up the charge. Uh, yesterday was my birthday and I got an amazing birthday present in the form of Days of Our Lives on the NBC network is now audio described. So if you Yay. think that you can't get your favorite program audio described, think again with enough loud voices, they will pay attention. So for any of you whose guilty pleasure, like mine, happens to be trashy, baby-stealing, switching, people coming back from the dead programming, tune into Days of Our Lives on NBC, and you can get that audio described. So I want to mention one more thing before we really get into the heart of casting and uh, auditioning. There is that phrase, Nothing about us without us. Chris, I know you are a strong proponent of that. Roy, you are a strong proponent of that. So if either of the two of you want to expand on that thought before we start talking about casting. Yeah, I'd love to jump in. As a sighted narrator, one of the things that I'm learning is from our community. That every time that I engage with an uh, audio description expert, my performance gets better. There's a real selfish involvement here because I'm getting better thanks to uh, the people that use audio description and know what they want and communicate it. So just reiterating what you had said earlier in the uh, in and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but audio description was created by blind people for blind people. And so it, it was. a lot of the uh, so a lot of things that, that are happening now, I think, are uh, it's just wonderful. And to be able to see the the quality, even though it is uh, somewhat inconsistent, there's some really great companies and there's some really great content that has excellent audio description. And uh, one of the things that, that I'm uh, hoping to do is get as many organizations as possible together to, to help keep that going. So um, I, that's just wanted to ch chime in with that. And I wanted to thank you for bringing us Steve. Um, Steve is, I believe, like I said, a casting director. Um, Steve, I would like you to step up, tell us a little about yourself and um, what the process is for you for casting. Um, <clears throat> my name is Steve Salato. I work for Point360, which is a post-production um, house. I'm actually uh, uh, the vice president of business development there, and I oversee the audio description department. Um, so I've been uh, the the one who set up the casting process. I did the casting um, in the beginning. Now, now I've stepped back and let my staff take care of it. Um, but yeah, for us, we've been doing audio description. My story is kind of similar to <laughs> Chris. And uh, uh, Chris, it was freaky for a second because you said 2002. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm exactly like you, except 2011. And then I forgot about the first time it was mandated. But um, mine's a similar story. I was working for Deluxe at that point. 2010, my client started calling me and saying, we need audio description. Do you guys have it? So I had gone to um, 
actually in 2011 went and trained with Joel Snyder at the UCB and uh, did that three week uh, the the weekend um, um, intensive and that I just left with a passion for it and uh, and a passion to do it right Um, which is what's been kind of pushing us through this whole thing is we've been um, doing a lot of audio description these past two years. It's been trying to bridge that gap between, um, you know, an ideal world we'd have all the time in the world to nuance and make every little decision and do it perfectly. Um, but, you know, dealing with the very re- real deadlines and all that stuff. And I think we've been able to um, maintain the quality as, as much as possible while doing that. Um but anyway, so so with the casting, uh, it's a little different now, of course, in the age of COVID. But uh, when we were doing it before, um, we would I would bring the voice actors into the studio. Um, we would do the readings cold because most of what we're recording is cold, um, and so that would be my first thing. Is I, I know um, various places do it differently, so it just depends on on you know, the facility itself. But for us, um, we can give the script, usually the script is available at least by the night before, but we have several actors who just take the script and start reading it cold, do it cold right there. So it was important in the audition to make sure that we had people capable of doing that. Even if we were able to get the script ahead of time, there's always those exceptions. There's always those last minute things. So we need an actor who can, you know, um, um, be able to, to do it cold. Uh, so that would be the first thing. Uh, the second major thing we look for is a very neutral voice. So um, I, I always try. I, I like. I, I I was an actor a thousand and a half years ago, <laughs> so I remember what auditioning is like. So I always try and put everyone at ease and go. You know, try to remind them that look, we want you to be good. We want you to be great because that makes my job a lot easier. So I, you know, I always tell them, you know, look, what should trying to do is you want to kind of tread that line you don't want to be monotone you don't want to be dull but you don't want to become a part of the story either you need to so we we um that's one of the big things i look for and then we just have them do we'll have them read a scene and then i will give them um some notes of direction sometimes it's just giving them a note just to see if they can take it um, most of the times it's, you know, the first time it's just getting through the nerves. So we just get through that first time and I don't pay a whole lot of attention to that. And then when we start again, that's when I start seeing, you know, the, how they are doing. Um, yeah, I think I should probably stop for a second and see if anyone has any questions or something. <laughs> well, you mentioned Joel Snyder and Joel and Carl from the Audio Description Project are listening in. I'm sure we're going to have some comments from them a little later on. Chris, your company is AudioEyes. Is the process any different for for you guys? It is a little bit. Um, um, not a lot, though. It's it's pretty similar. Um, the the big uh, thing for us is we we do ask our people to come in and read cold because um, not only do we um, sometimes not have the script until the last minute, particularly on tight turnaround deadlines. Um, but we, we also occasionally will make changes on the fly. If the engineer, um, is blind, hopefully, um, they will, uh, also be doing an, another sort of description quality pass. And if it doesn't work, um, within the time allotted or the, um, you know, maybe the phrase, it looks great on paper, but it's a, a pain in the butt to say, um, 
you know, like foam flex fly from a dog's mouth. That's, that's a pretty rough phrase to get through. So sometimes, uh, <laughs> um, you know, we'll, if, if artists just can't get it out, we'll just, we'll change it a little bit and, and make it more, uh, speakable. Um, and, um, the, uh, but, but really the, the casting process is very similar. We, we do, um, what I like to do when I cast, uh, audio description is, um, I like to uh, I like to listen to the to the movie or the television program, um, and and sort of determine what kind of voice would be best for this program. Um, sometimes, if it's a real tight turnaround, like a like a two day turnaround, uh, which we we've had, or even on on some occasions a hair pulling one day turnaround. Um, those you don't really get a whole lot of choices to cast. You you just kind of have to go with somebody and get it out and and make sure that it's it's just get got to the client so that it's described at all. Um, but when we have a little time, I like to make sure that the program and the voiceover artist match. Um, I like to make sure that um, they, you know, somebody with a with a light and kind of um, smiley voice isn't doing a horror movie you know and uh <laughs> it just would it wouldn't work well so i like to um make sure that the the person fits the, the program and then um when it comes to just bringing people in for auditions um it's a very similar uh thing to what steven is talking about we have them read it cold we have them read it in a few different ways um i like to actually just provide them with a couple of different um excerpts from other scripts that we've already done and kind of give them a chance to read them um, in different ways. Okay, read this. Read this portion as though you are, um, as though you have no time. You know, you have to get it out as quickly as possible because it's animation, and you have to do it, you know, fast. Um, read this one as though you have all the time in the world. Read this with a smile. Pretend this is a horror movie. How would you do that? You know what I'm saying? Like we have, we have different. Um, we'll just, we'll just ask them to take them a few different ways so that we can get a, a good range of their voice. And of course, we record those auditions. Um, so that we can put that person into the talent pool and, and, um, use them in the appropriate circumstance. Um, I think, I think that pretty much covers the casting aspect. Um, it, I want to say this as a, as a blind person who casts two other blind people who are interested in doing this. Um, it is not necessary, but it is very helpful if you are a, a, a good braille reader. Um, if you have a braille display, um, I want to, I want to, put that forth because um it it just makes it easier trust me on this i have done um i have i have done voiceover myself in a number of different ways um i have read it off of a braille display i've read it off braille paper and i have actually used an earpiece with a a synthetic voice a screen reader voice in my ear telling me what i need to say i've done all of those things and I personally found that the Braille is the most stable and the um, easiest way to make sure that I don't screw it up. <laughs> um, now, that may not be true for everybody, but it, it certainly, um, you know, there are a number of ways you can do it, but I really think that uh, Braille's probably the easiest way. So I want to jump to Roy for a second. Roy, um, are you a big fan of the movie The Wizard of Oz? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this will work well then i was wondering if you could you know by memory and of course you're not you know you're not relegated to exact sequence of a sequence of events or anything but i'm wondering if by memory you could give us an, a 
a sample of a good and then a not so good description of the part where Dorothy makes it back to her yard. It's still black and white. Toto is loose. She's looking for him and the tornado is coming. If you could give us good and bad description sounding, uh, you know, please and go action. Okay, and one disclaimer, I want to make it explicitly clear that I am not a writer, that these writers of these scripts do 90% of the work and develop this. So I'm going to be going off the cuff, and please don't judge the writing. This is only going to be on the, the performance, so I'll take that. Uh, here we go. Suddenly, the wind starts blowing through the... What is it? Is it the wind? Does the wind blow through the, uh, the window? Yeah, okay. Suddenly, the wind starts blowing through the window. Dorothy looks out the window, and she sees wind blowing. There's a witch. She gets dizzy and falls onto her bed. Suddenly, the house lands. It's in bright colors. She opens the door into an amazing... Uh, see, I'm, I'm stumbling, so that's enough. Let's do the bad. Dorothy looks out the window and sees the wind blowing. She sees a witch. Suddenly, the witch laughs. Dorothy passes out. She opens the door to color everywhere. <laughs> I hope you can tell which was better than the other, and please forgive the writing. No, absolutely. I just wanted to have a little fun. Let our listeners have a little fun. So tell us what you do to prepare for an audition and what auditions have been like for you so far. Sure. So one of the things specifically with audio description and those exaggerated Wizard of Oz reads are, are uh, please forgive me for that. But one of the things I like to use is the, and especially when I'm teaching audio description voice talents uh, to do this is the, the nuance. And it, like I said earlier, it's a high wire act that if you imagine on a scale of one to 10, a one is a Siri voice where she talks like this. And this is how you read everything. So it's conversational, but there's nothing going on. And uh, my understanding is that audio description audiences find those incredibly hard to pay attention to. It's almost like listening to an audio book that's got a, a synthetic voice that's just reading it. And then to contrast that, if you imagine on a scale of one to 10, the 10 is your friend that's the armchair quarterback that's just shouting at the screen. Uh, he goes in, I can't believe it. He turns, he turns, he ducks. That that's gonna take you out as well. So where I try to find my performance, whether I'm auditioning or doing a, an actual script uh, in session, is to find that sweet spot between a four and six. And so it's not less of a performance, but it's a nuanced performance. In other words, I'm really trying my best to make sure that I'm not getting in the way. If an audience from audio description is listening to me and thinking about me while the scene is going, I have not served the piece. I'm not keeping the focus on the story. So just like, uh, I'm, I'm still playing with the analogy here, like driving down a, a, a freeway and there's a bunch of potholes that those potholes have, have to be filled. And one of the ways that I like to do that is using the different techniques that I've learned in voiceover, whether it's putting my hand on my heart or gesturing or uh, getting into the, the feeling of what's happening, whether it's suspense or if there's something lighthearted and it's kind of like a little bit of a wink or something. So those are a lot of the training that, uh, I like to bring from from improv classes, from voiceover workout classes, where I practice copy. That all of these things, and this is the reason why I love audio description so much. All of these things do serve the performance in audio description, and also making sure that it's in that that sweet spot that isn't that uh, empty, cold, calculated like uh, uh, AI voice versus someone who's just way too into it. 
So finding that sweet spot is really important to me. All right. Before we open it up for questions, I'm going to ask all three of you, what are the five things that you would tell new talent coming in or people auditioning to become new talent? Let's start with Steve. That's unfair. Okay, five things. Um, <laughs> first, of the biggest thing is as much as possible to relax from that. Steve, you're breaking up a little. Can you step closer to the mic? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. There, um, we go. there you go. Okay. So the first thing would be to just um um just relax as much as possible. I know it's 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 you know easier said than done, but just remember that the casting directors or the directors, whoever's listening to you, they want you to be good. They're on your side. Um, number two, I would say to, um, make sure you're nice and rested and relaxed. We've had a couple of, um, um, I I would rather an actor ask me to reschedule the audition than we've had two instances where someone's come in after a session, they've done a session so their voice has been really, um, it's worn out by that point. And, um, and, you know, it's just, it, it's just a, it's a technical thing, but I would just rather you say, look, I have a, you know, I have a job this morning and it's an all day thing. And, you know, could I possibly audition, you know, another time um, rather than come in when your voice is worn out. Um, three, if you do have a chance to look at the script beforehand, um, um, you know, at that time really get to know the script. If you don't, um, Go slower. <laughs> this is the this is the biggest advice I can give you during the audition. I guarantee you that no matter how slow you think you're going, you're going faster than you think. And the trick to really good cold reading is as you are saying words, you're looking at the next three words ahead of it, or you're looking at the next sentence as you're finishing a sentence. And the only way you can do that is by reading in a very kind of measured um, um, I don't want to say slow, but nice, um, nicely paced matter. Um, it's what we need anyway, because you don't want to, you know, be, be rushing through the whole thing. I mean, imagine watching a two-hour movie and listening to someone just rush description the whole time. Um, so we need to see you be able to relax like that and take your time. So take your time, relax, know that the casting directors are on your side, um, be as prepared as possible. And um, yeah, that, that, that would be my, my things to, to remember. Do I hit five? Chris? Uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on what Steve said a little bit because uh, he's, he's made some very good points. Um, the, uh, the speed is important. I always encourage new talent to read slower rather than faster. Um, the way that we do video, de- the way that we do audio description in, uh, at, at AudioWise is that um, is we actually can speed you up if you're not if you're not um, getting the 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 uh, piece of description in between the dialogue if you go over a little bit no biggie we can we can speed you up a little bit without it sounding sped up we can do that so I'd rather have somebody speak it clearly and and um, and with the appropriate inflection than try to rush through it. Um, always. And, and that's, that's, uh, that's a good, very good point. Um, another thing is, uh, for, for, um, for blind voiceover artists, for braille readers, um, I know that it can be difficult to read ahead and keep your mouth in the spot that you were in. Um, (laughs) so I, I like to, uh, encourage them to read the block fully before they, the block. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to use terms that 
aren't familiar. Um, the particular description passage, I like to have them read the, the description fully before they go back and speak it. Um, it does make it easier, I think, um, as a Braille reader to, to deal with it. And probably also if you do that with your, with your screen reading software, if you're going to listen to it, um, same thing, I think, um, paying attention to that, uh, getting the full, getting the full block, uh, as we call it, of description in your head, um, before you, uh, before you read it is a good idea. Um, I would also say, um, uh, to Steve's point, yes, you, you definitely want to be relaxed. We, we do want you to come. If we picked you, if we asked you to come into audition in particular, then we liked something about your voice. We thought it was going to be useful and we thought that you could contribute, um, to the, uh, to the audio description fields. We, you know, we heard what you, ha- what you sound like and we like it. And so we want you to succeed. It's not like a, you know, a, a cold, um, casting where you're walking in and auditioning for a film and you don't know if you have the right look or the right personality or the right uh, style to come in and, and uh, audition for a part. It's not like that. We, we heard your voice and we thought, you know what, this is a person who could really be an excellent narrator. And, and, and usually that's where, that's where uh, um, we have you on the, that's why we have you coming into audition. So we are definitely on your side. We want you to succeed. We want to add you to our talent pool. Um, gosh, I, I really, I think the I other two th- questions. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, I'm, I was just going to say, um, the other thing is if you have a chance to listen to some audio description before you come in for your first audio description audition, I think that would be smart. Um, I think you should, I think you should take a listen and, and take what you like and leave the rest. Um, I, I think it, it does help to kind of prepare you for what you're going to be, particularly if you don't have the script ahead of time. Um, I think it, it does help to prepare you for what you're, um, what you're in for, uh, just, just to hear somebody else doing it. If you haven't heard it, then go listen to some. I have two questions for you. And Lynn, if you want to start getting ready to um, answer some raised hands questions, I'm going to ask these two questions, jump to Roy, and then we'll do questions. So Chris, um, on the, on, I was thinking this right before you started saying that, would it also help for, for people that want to get into the business, maybe take their favorite book, um, most likely in Braille form and try to read it out loud and and listen to themselves, maybe even record themselves. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. Get, I say um all the time as I'm listening to myself speaking. I'm thinking to myself, I could never um. <laughs> I could never <laughs> um do this. <laughs> and my second question is are there different qualities in voices that you're looking for for different kinds of projects? Absolutely. Um, the answer to your first question, as I said, is yes. And um, I want to, I want to just. I know how hard it is as a blind person to read Braille out loud. Your, your hands and are giving you one set of input and you're, you're, um, you're trying to output at the same time. I, I understand how difficult that can be. And, um, and I have developed some tips and tricks um, on how to do that because I, I have to read copy all the time. So I, I get it. I know how hard it can be. And, and one of the best things you can do to practice is to just practice reading things out loud. I still do that. I've been doing voiceover for like 20 years and I still do that. So, um, so yes, that's a very important thing. And then also to your second question, yes, absolutely. We, 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 
um, really do cast for the program whenever possible. So um, people with different types of voices. I, I don't work for a horror movie. My voice isn't isn't appropriate for that. Can you imagine me doing, you know, some, you know, um, a horror scene? You know, she stabs him in the chest. That doesn't. I'm not the right person for that. Um, I I do I do drama because I can do the I can do the kind of more serious. I've done documentaries. I've done um, sitcoms, a lot of sitcoms, because I have a smiley voice. Um, but I also have done I did I just did nine eleven remembered, um, which was uh, which aired on ABC recently, and that was a very serious thing. And so it's a different it's a different mode, but. Um, but different people have different voices and, and it's, and, you know, personally, uh, when I cast for, for example, for horror movies, I like to have, um, if it's a, um, a very dark and gory kind of a thing, I like to have a guy with a deep voice on it. I like to have, uh, you know, um, somebody who has a, a sense of sort of, they can make their voice darker and more, you know, heavier and with some gravitas in it. I like that. Um, and and it really does depend on the program. If it's a it's, if it's all female uh, or mostly female cast, we like to um, depending on the situation, we'll cast uh, a man to narrate that um, to sort of offset uh, and and be distinguishable. Um, right. If you know if it's a mostly male cast, sometimes we'll cast a female to to offset. However, that can change because if the topic of the thing is, for example, let's say the story is about a woman's uh, struggle to overcome adversity in a situation and she, um, you know, it's a, it's a very um, heroic kind of a thing or it's a very inspiring kind of a thing, then maybe we'll pick a woman with a very, very different uh, tone. If, if the woman in the, in, the, in the show is a soprano, for example, we'll, we'll change, we'll, we'll ask someone to uh, narrate who is a... A contralto or something you know something with a deeper voice or yeah. or vice versa but but in some situations you want to have the um the gender stay the same as the person on screen for for the reasons of the of the content of the programming so roy do you have anything to add to what, what Chris and steve has said go ahead yeah and here's the the thing from a performer's perspective uh blind or sighted and Chris uh, addressed this. It's the preparation that the reason that I'm still working is because I train just like a professional athlete that goes to the gym and works out. I still do workouts. I've got 600 audio description credits and a whole bunch of other voiceover things. And I still work out. There's not this thing where once you get a weekend of training or a few weeks that, okay, you're good to go, go. So when it comes to training, it's practicing. And I'm sure most people have that experience when you listen to your own voice, whether it's on a, if you still use voicemail, a voicemail greeting, or you record yourself and listen back, that it can be jarring because you spent your whole life listening to your voice from inside your own body. And when you listen to it from an external device, it's like, who is that? So kind of tuning your instrument as far as what you're doing. And that's through practice. You have to practice. You have to train. And I think uh, another important word is connect, whether it's connecting with uh, the people that are on this call, uh, connecting with the, the copy, connecting with the material that you're reading in a way that, uh, uh, as we said earlier, is that, that high wire act, making sure that you're, you're meeting that, that uh, nuanced tone. And really listen. Uh, Steve addressed this in his uh, uh, audition uh, experience, that he's paying attention to how 
the actor is going to respond to his direction. Uh, Chris, I'm sure you do the same thing. That that kind of paying attention and not getting locked in a certain thing or a certain expectation, you really have to be open to that. And then finally, don't forget to breathe. <laughs> Are there artists that memorize and do only by memorization and not reading off the script, be it print or braille? I've never met one. <laughs> That's what I thought. All right, Lynn, <laughs> who do we have with a hand raised? Okay. Okay. Hi, Al. You may unmute. There's a little box on your screen there. All right. Let's go to the next person. And if um, Al, I think you said, unmutes themselves, we'll go to him afterwards. Who's next? There we go. Can you guys hear me now? Yes. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much for holding this. I've been interested in this for a really, really long time. Um, so I have so many questions, but I'll limit it to two or three, maybe. Um, three. So, three is good. <laughs> so my first question is for, for Chris. Um, you mentioned, you know, Braille display and paper reading, Braille paper reading. Do you um, accommodate any specific need? Um, that's one question. And another question is, this has probably been covered before, but this is the first time I've been able to join this webinar. And it's, um, how would one get cast for this sort of thing? Um, like, how would one get their their voice heard, per se? And that's, those are the two questions. Okay, well, I will start with number one. By accommodating specific needs, you're talking about, um, do we provide you with a, with a display? Or, like, what, do, what exactly do you mean by that? Oh, she, I disabled her oh, talking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, let's not um, do that so we're done with the questions going forward. Thanks. Let, okay. Let me, All right. Um, if, um, I'll, I'll start this way. Um, we can certainly um, provide a uh, method for you to read if you, if you need it. However, that is in studio only. I would say um, if it's a remote situation where you're doing it from your home uh, with your home setup, I would not, I wouldn't say that we could, we could send you like a braille display or something like that. There's just not enough time and we don't, we don't have those laying around. So um, I would say, I would say not on that score. Um, however, I, I would, um, that kind of leads me to the second point. The, the, um, the question of how does one get cast? Um, I recommend to everyone who wants to, to, uh, put their hat in the ring here that they, um, record themselves, send a sample of your voice to, um, whatever company it is you want to audition with. Uh, for us, you can send it to me, Chris, C-H-R-I-S at audioize.com. Um, and uh, it's important that you have, if you're going to do it from home, if you're not in Los Angeles, um, it's important that you have a decent home setup. And by that, I mean a professional microphone, uh, recording software. Um, and there is free recording software out there. And you can get started with a Yeti Nano. That's a, that's a reasonable microphone. And uh, it's, you know, it's certainly workable. Um, you're going to want to learn about mic technique and where the best spot is to, to have your voice, to, to, to have the microphone positioned. Um, there are some things that are, are, you know, this isn't just, you know, sit in front of your computer and record a, a voiceover. It doesn't, um, those microphones are not uh, sufficient and the amount of room tone makes me shiver. Um, so, so I would, I would recommend um, 
you know, kind of getting yourself together. If you want to be, if you're serious about it and you want to be a voiceover artist and you want to do description, um, I would, I would recommend getting your ducks in a row, get yourself a, a decent professional microphone, get some software. Reaper is free. Um, there are some low cost, other, other choices like SoundForge and gold wave that are, you know, under a hundred bucks. Um, and, uh, and I would start there and get yourself set up. Uh, you you can't do this with your computer mic or your iPhone mic. It's just, it, it's not sufficient. Yeah, I would need anything like to, to echo. Yeah. yeah, I just like to echo that. That um, you know, we again in an ideal world, I would love to use anyone who's interested in audio description. You know, work with you and all that. Um, but we are producing audio description for you know the biggies, and so it's got to be incredibly professional. Now, we will help set you up. Um, like we have our, we, when this COVID thing started um, and we transitioned everyone to their home studios, we had our, um, and Roy can speak to this because I know he went through <laughs> um, You know, we had our, our audio people um, um, help, like, listen to your stuff, tell you if they were hearing anything, help you get the right tone and everything. So that way, when we were ready to start a project, you were ready to go. But it, it is something um, I would, I, I think. Chris said it perfectly. Make sure you have all your ducks in a row before you make that introduction. Um, because once you make the introduction, if you're not ready, it's hard to get a set. Um, other than that, for me, I would say the same. Um, send me, you know, uh, uh, audio tape or an email or something. We are holding periodic auditions now. We'll, you know, periodically be going through and listening to them. All right, Lynn. Who do we have next? All right, Janine. You may. You're free to talk. Hey, guys. I just want to say thank you so much. Audio description is my favorite thing about learning about the blind world. So you guys are awesome. Um, I have two questions. My first is I was, we, there were some people looking into getting training so they can audio describe theater. Can you tell me the best? Cause we looked into the weekend away thing for the people who are going to do it. Can you tell me the place, the best place for people to get audio description training for live theater? That's my first question. Um, and there are a number, uh, I'm sorry. It, okay. Um, there are a number of, uh, people that train. It depends on the region of the country you're in. This is important. Um, um, I know that Rick Jacobson is up there in uh, Minneapolis, and he has uh, quite a bit of experience with live theater. And I don't know if he trains, but I imagine he probably does, um, because we can always use more live theater describers, I'm sure. Um, out here in Los Angeles, uh, Terry Grossman, who's our head writer, um, has been doing live theater for decades, and she is uh, wonderful, as is uh, Deb Lewis, who is out here. Um, uh, Bonnie Barlow in Colorado um, is another live theater describer who also does um, 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 pre-recorded description, audio description. Um so I know a few, I know a few and, and, um, and I can, you know, those sorts of things, it's, it's harder to get the answer. My suggestion would be to go to a live theater performance in your area or have that person do so. Yeah. And then, and w w with and description and doing, then yeah. talk to that describer and say, where did you yep. get your training or are you training people? Uh -huh. And that's, that's probably the best way to go about it because it is very, very regional. What's your second Perfect. question, Jess? Um, my second question is, is I have a money bet with my boyfriend. I just have to ask Roy, did you audio describe the CMA Best of Fest 
because Rick Boggs couldn't answer that for us. And, and I say yes. He says no. <laughs> what was that again? The title was the CMA? Uh, the CMA Best of Fest, you know, the country music. Oh, yes. That wasn't me. That was not me. But that I'm so a, glad that, to know that somebody did Rick, that. That sounds Rick like said, that's so cool. Rick said, no, I called. It was audio eyes. And I'm like, hey, Rick, who did it? Was it Roy? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, ah. That's a question for me. I can tell you who did that. That was a, a voiceover artist named Bryson Carr. Awesome. Um, mm. Great. Thank you. I lost money. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Well, here's Sorry the thing. Like the the audio description narrators of America, the ADNA.org is a, is a publicly contributed site of linking those titles of uh, audio description titles to the, the voice talents. So uh, I'll be happy to add Bryson yeah. to that there. And that's uh, that's been a real go-to source for a lot of people. I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank, Thank you, guys. you, Jess. Lynn? Okay, we have Annie. Hello, can you hear me? We can. Great. Um, I have two questions, and I need to uh, clarify something because someone mentioned that Reaper is free. Um, please confirm that because I was under the impression that was that 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 is a software that costs, and it is one that I am seriously considering. Is it is new? free. It is not new. It is. It's been free for ages. It's open source, and uh, it's it's free now. I will. And there are some wonderful blind uh, folks out there who have done uh, some very good and instructive tutorials on how to deal with it with um, with your particular, whether it's a PC or a Mac, um, because it works on both. And, um, and it's different on both. <laughs> and it's different on both. Um, the key, the nice thing is, the keyboard commands are are virtually the same. Uh, you have to account for the you know um, command versus the alt and the control. Sure. I mean, in the option versus the uh, you know whatever. There's a bunch of th- those little things, but but by and large, the the key commands are the same. Um, it is rather complex as a um, as an audio editor. I find personally, um, maybe that's just my Pro Tools bias and my uh, my Goldwave and SoundForge bias talking, but I find it to be um, a fairly complex uh, audio editor. But uh, but it definitely gets the job done. I've actually I've done some some uh, voiceover on Reaper myself, so I I I know it can be done, and um, and I know it's accessible and it's free. So and I have another question as well. Uh, so you guys had mentioned that. There's no guarantee whether or not you'll be able to see the script ahead of time. How can you, what do you, what would you suggest in terms of an approach to request the scripts ahead of time? I mean, can't that? Well, if we have them, um, we'll, you know, uh, you, you know, just ask, you say, uh, you know, when, when we cast you for a show, um, uh, then, you know, just say, Hey, do you have, do you happen to have the script? Um, and can you send it over? Um, then you know if we have it we'll give it to you and if we don't then we'll we'll tell you it's not going to ding you you know in in terms of your uh, what we think of you or your preparedness or anything like that it's it's just a it is a it is a mere factor it is not something that we um are gonna are gonna hold against you if if uh you know you don't have it ahead of time or we can't provide it or you ask for it if you ask for it it just shows us that you'd like to be prepared and that's there's nothing wrong with that and, and most of the times we're not sending in a script, not because we don't want to, but just simply because it's not ready. I mean, like Chris said, sometimes we have, if we have like a three or four day turnaround, it's taking two or three days that script's being QC'd either very late into the night before or sometimes that morning before you coming, you know, before you're coming in. So um, it's really just a case of it's just not ready to send. Thank you. All right. All right. Yes. Uh, Carl Richardson, you may, you're free to talk. Hey, Hello, Carl. everybody. Hey, Roy. Hey, hey, Anthony and Chris. 
Uh, how are you all doing tonight? So, wonderful. Thank you for joining us. One thing I wanted to, and I'm sure Joe will talk about it too if he gets on, but I wanted to answer the question for that young lady who asked, where can I get audio description training for live theater? The audio description project, or Joel Snyder more specifically, is working on doing a remote training class soon for, uh, as part of his audio description institute. So if you stay tuned and look at the audio description project website, you'll find opportunity to do a training session with him online remotely because we won't be able to do an on-site one this year. So just stay tuned for more details by looking at the Audio Description Project website at acb.org forward slash ADP. And the other thing is, I just wanted to let everybody know whether you're a writer, a narrator, an editor, or a consumer, if you have any advocacy issues you would like the Audio Description Project to work on, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to look into it and see if we can help. And again, just simply go to acb.org forward slash ADP, and there'll be a an email there for you to um, to send, and, and somebody from the Audio Description Project will respond, and we'll see if we can work with you on that. We need to hear from everybody um, so we know what, where to work, what to work on, and what to do. Thank you very much. You know, Anthony, can I ask, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, thanks. Uh, I just want to say one more thing on the audio description project, if I could. As a as a frequent visitor of that website, that website has given so much content and so much information. Between the picture yeah. of this podcast, which which Carl's is doing, Carl uh, is doing, as well as just the the loads of content. Not only the uh, the titles that have audio description, but just page after page of information. Uh, there's a, I think there's even an education page, if that's right. That. Uh, that includes Joel Schneider's book, as well as other things that this is yep. the go-to resource. And it is, I, I'm, I, I have, I not only have it bookmarked, but it's the first thing that opens up on any browser just because I'm going there so often. Yeah, and we I haven't talked about quality control and that's we update <laughs> the web- Well, add days of our lives. We update, we update the website every Tuesday. <laughs> so we will. And I want to ask you, what are the other three soap operas? You said four. I frankly, I don't watch soap operas. So what are the other three? On network, there is still General Hospital, Young and the Restless, and De- and uh, Bold and the Beautiful. General uh, Hospital Laura, is ABC. The other two are CBS. And and next time I'm on the call, I want to hear Roy describe the flying monkey theme in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. oh, thank you. Thank you, Carl. We didn't uh, speak about quality control, and that is my bad. How <laughs> does one um, contact... Um, and become a quality control person, Chris and Steven. Uh, Steve, if you can speak about that real quick. Um, okay, I, I can go first because mine will be very quick. Um, we're actually in the process of um, um, developing this right now. We were actually um, in the process of bringing someone on, um, a blind uh, gentleman on right when the whole COVID thing struck. And so we had to kind of table everything because... You know, we had to furlough a lot of people and all that, that fun stuff. Um, but for us, our QC is done internally. We have a we have a um, um, we have a two gentlemen who QC everything. They're trained. They were actually both trained by uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Joel Snyder. Um, he came out to Point Three Sixty a couple of years ago and did his three day training um, session at our facility. And so these two were trained, went through the training with him. So they do the QC on every single script that goes that comes through our um, facility, and they're they're starting to show their wear and tear on the 
from doing it. Um, but yeah, so that and right now we're we're looking to expand that once we get through this um, COVID thing and all the productions are back um, to expanding. That's what I've been working on to expanding our QC um, um, department further. Chris, um, so we. When we have enough people together, um, we will conduct a training course for uh, blind description quality experts, um, and uh, we'll do it over Zoom. We we like to have a good full staff of, of blind description quality experts. It's very important to us, um, and it's because, of course, you know, they're the ones who see it, and we, we're also extremely um, insistent that that process happens before anything ever goes to vo uh, because we we want the script to be the best it can be before it ever gets to our vo artists um and so um we will when we have enough interested people again uh, you can send a note to me chris at audioize.com or you can send it to uh rick r-i-c-k at audioize.com um and uh, we will we will get you uh, situated if you're interested in in the training for a uh, description quality uh, expert. And uh, I also want to point out that the uh, the training is free. Um, we don't pay you while you're training, uh, but we we will we you know of course we pay you when, when you do the work on the projects. Um, but the training itself is free, and we we will uh, be starting one of those. I think we've got a few interested people. What we want to we want to um, make sure that that everybody who wants to can get in there and do it. So um, that's that's how we do it. Um, and we have a, a full um, sort of training uh, course, I guess, is the best term for it um, to 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 do that. On webinar, Zoom, uh, that kind of a platform. Yes, it would be on Zoom. Mm-hmm. All right, Lynn. Who's next? Well, we have Joel Snyder. I'm sorry. You had asked me to unmute for some reason. I have my hand raised, but you had asked me to unmute. Should I oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sharon. Yes, I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. Go ahead. Um, okay. So two questions um, for, okay. Oh, yeah. Roy, when you like actually audio describe, your voice sounds so different than when you talk. It, it's it's hilarious. Um, but that's <laughs> not my question. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. Um, <laughs> so for people who um, are just starting out, I mean, this is like for people who um, probably don't have the training, but it's, this is something they're interested in as far as narrating and whatnot. Um, what would be like your first step, first go-to kind of thing um, that you'd suggest? Sure. And I think Chris already addressed this as far as reading out loud. The, that's that's a great start. It does a lot of things. First of all, it gets your coordination uh, going for, for vocalizing what you're reading, whether it's on a, a Braille reader or otherwise. It also is uh, getting you into that flow of getting used to uh, speaking as opposed to thinking. Uh, there's, there is yeah. a, a disconnect there. So but, yeah, yeah, that's a great thing. And then the other thing that I'd recommend and record is, yourself. Yeah, exactly. And play back. It's because uh, that when you think you're doing something and you listen back and you're like, oh, I didn't do that that way. Uh, that helps you train yourself and get uh, you know, kind of get that that adjustment the way that you want it to be. There's a great resource that uh, is called youdescribe.org. Uh-huh. If you have a Chrome browser, those yeah. are uh, requested YouTube videos that uh, blind people have wanted to have audio description. So it's a great it's a great practice round. There's a audio description discussion group on Facebook where mm-hmm. voice talents are reaching out to 
uh, writers of audio description to collaborate and work on these projects. And obviously it's a win-win-win for everybody because Mm -hmm. these are titles that want to have audio description. It gets you uh, working with either a a writer or a narrator. And it also uh, gets the practice in, which we talked about. And I think that, you know, as everyone's talking about, getting the training is, is really essential. Um, and then my second question is for Chris. You had talked about um, reading with Braille now. <laughs> Recording myself and re- reading on Braille is something I've um, done before just because I had a friend who didn't have access to certain books and I offered to read it for them, to them. However, <laughs> my problem is I, I stumble, not a lot, but I find myself stumbling and then going back to reread it and, and redoing it. What's your, I guess, trick on that? Because I'm sure that's something you've run into as well. So if you're having trouble um, and you stumble... What I like to do, and and I certainly, um, you know, had that very same situation. And, and to this day, I still can't like read a page of Braille and read it out loud flawlessly. I can't do that. Um, my brain, my brain is still like, no, no, no. You're talking. You're saying this word, and your fingers are reading that word. And I can do this, it like, for a while, layer. and then I'll stumble randomly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, what I do, I have a little, I have a cheat, honestly. Um, <laughs> when I'm when I'm narrating, I'm also usually recording myself, not always, but usually. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll just, if if I find that something is a really long description passage, I'll just read until I until I stumble, and then I'll pick it up. I'll I'll set my uh, Pro Tools back and I'll pick it up. Um, at, at the spot that I stumbled on and no one will ever know, you know, that's, <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's just the easiest way to deal with it. But honestly, if I were you, I would, what I like to do is just concentrate on, um, line by line. No one expects you to read a block of description that is like, you know, 20 lines flawlessly as you go. <laughs> Nobody does that. Not even sighted people. They, they, no. they will stumble in the middle of that. I promise you. So, so, you know, don't worry about that. You know, we can, the nice thing about working with an, with a, with an, uh, a company that uses an audio engineer to record you rather than you recording yourself is that you can just, you know, if you say, uh, and, and she steps out of her car and closes the door, mm, sorry. So we'll just, we'll just re- go right back out. Um, wow. I'm having trouble talking today. How about that? We, uh, <laughs> we will just go right back to the line previous and have you start over. Right. That's the marvelous okay. thing about digital technology. It's easy enough to start you over. <laughs> All right. Thank and you both, so much, guys. I appreciate it. And both Chris and, and Steve have said it. You know, if you think that you're talking slow, talk a little slower. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right, Lynn, who do we have next? I think we were waiting for to queue up Joel. Well, actually, we have Melissa before that. And then we have Joel. Sure. Melissa, awesome. you can, you're free to talk. Uh, testing. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. we can. Oh, good. Yay, I did it right, Lynn. <laughs> Thank you all very much. Um, my, I'm Melissa Hudson from Burien, Washington. Roy, it is an honor to talk with you again, sir. Hey, Melissa. Uh, hi. Hi. Um, first of all, that was an excellent uh, demonstration of that Wizard of Oz thing. That was wonderful. But I have done in my lifetime some acting in theater, and also I've done a little bit of voiceover work. But I have a strong interest in doing this for a living. That is really my number one thing right now. That is my goal. And my question to either Roy or Chris or all of you, depending on how, you, how uh, this goes, is are there any warm-up exercises that are done vocally so that you can have that quality of voice that you guys were talking about? And maybe could you do some demonstrations of that, please? Thank you. Chris, you got this? 
Yes, I do. Um, uh, or I can oh, help. Uh, anyways. So, yes, are there warm-up exercises? Absolutely, there are. Um, you can, you can, um, you know, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow red leather. See, there you go. You can, you can work on things like that or... Uh, or, um, you know, you need unique New York, you know, you need unique New York. Those sorts of things are good to get your, your tongue limbered up, uh, for this. And I'm going to give you something that, that, um, I have found to be absolutely wonderful in terms of warming up singing. If it doesn't matter if you think you sing well, forget that, just knock that right out of your head. Go turn on your favorite song and sing, sing, because that will help you to stretch your vocal cords and it will, it will help to, um, warm up your voice and, um, and even get your tongue into the right sort of modality. It'll help you relax. It'll help you get in the groove. Um, it makes all the difference. Sing a little. It's very good. Um, I am a singer. Excellent. Myself. See, that's, that's a good thing. That's <laughs> and I do a lot of warm-up thing. exercises with my voice, um, with singing that I was trained to do, because I, I am a trained singer. Um, well, I found personally, now this is just me, um, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Steve and, and uh, Roy can weigh in on this too, but I, I feel that, generally speaking, the narrators that I have cast who are also singers tend to do better at this uh, off the bat. They, they tend to be a little more aware of the nuance. They tend to be a little more aware of the tone of their voice and the pitch of their voice and, and how it fits in with the rest of the, the show. Um, I, I found that to be the case. I don't know about you gentlemen, but. I agree. Yeah, I agree. There's something because I think really good audio description, from my opinion, um, you know, when you listen to someone like Roy or a Tansy Alexander, who, who I work with a lot, there's a lyricism to their voices. It's almost lyrical the way they deliver the lines. Yes. Um, and, and so I think that comes from, yeah, I, I would not have, I, I would never have said that before Chris brought it up, but that's absolutely right. You know, someone who has that kind of background um, knows how to modulate their voice in that way, knows how to take their time and all of that, so. That's great. And I am an avid Braille reader, by the way. And in fact, I read something at work um, not that long ago for our telephone system. And I was told by the person that was recording me that I was the best Braille reader because when I turn pages, I do it quietly so that it's not it's not audible. And I was told it was the best reading. And I was really proud of myself for that. So, Well, we're really proud of you, too. And Chris gave his email, so definitely send him a note offline and let's get that conversation going absolutely and and roy and roy and i have had conversations about this too and um yeah (laughs) so folks get to karaoke night with uh cindy and mika if you want to be a narrator uh lynn let's cue up the next thank you uh, all right um dr joel snyder yes hi everyone hi everyone well, well, thank you. Thank you, everybody who's put this together. It's great to hear Roy and Chris and Carl and, and uh, all my, my good friends in the audio description industry. Um, this has been a great session. Um, and I, I think it's so important to remember, I think it was mentioned earlier, nothing about us without us. 
um, audio yeah. description. Uh, I was honored to be part of the the first group of audio describers uh, ever in 1980, and that was put together by a blind woman, Margaret Fanstiel, um, and in Washington D.C. And it was focused on live theater. Someone was talking about training for live theater, and I'll I'll um, do a tangent there because uh, Carl gave uh, a great credit to the audio description project website. I, I direct the audio description project on a contract with American council of the blind acb.org slash a D P. We talk about our training sessions. We've done 17 audio description institutes where the focus there is on people developing the skills to write to craft description. We do some focus on the, the vocal skills because that's part of it. In fact, writers need to be aware of how voice talents can shape what they write. An excellent voice talent can take uh, a mediocre script and make it work, you know, and uh, not so good voice talent will take a marvelous script and ruin it. Um, but it's, it's so important that we have more people who are blind as voice talents, as audio editors. Chris is among the finest audio editors for description that I've ever uh, encountered. Um, and also as as consultants. Um, and that's that's a trickier one in uh, as far as doing consulting for media. Uh, I think Rick Boggs and Audio Eyes are the leaders in this country for really taking that seriously. Uh, there's absolutely no reason why a person who's blind can't be a good writer, can't know language, can't know words. And that's what's needed uh, along with the perspective of being blind, of listening to description, knowing description. It's not just not enough to just be blind. It's, it's a matter of really understanding audio description, researching it, going through training as an audio describer. Uh, we always have it at least oh, like two or three folks, consumers of description who are in our trainings. So that's really important too. Um, Otherwise, there isn't enough of people being used as consultants. Um, in Germany, Bernd Benecke, uh, who does probably half of all the German audio description, he's the only other person I know in media that consistently uses uh, consultants, people who are blind, who know description, uh, to, to advise on the development of the scripts. We need a lot more of that. Um, made a little list of things that I, I, I thought might be of, might be helpful. Um, if you ever have a chance, if you send me a note at jsnyder at acb.org or jsnyder, that's J-S-N-Y-D-E-R, at audiodescribe.com, I'll try to share with you the recording of uh, the first ever Audio Describe tour of the White House, uh, which I wrote, um, and I was insistent that uh, as a dumb-sighted person, you know, I, I had that terrible disability, right? I'm light-dependent. So if the lights go out, I want to be with one of my friends who's blind, you know. I was insistent that that tour be voiced by a person who's blind. And Eddie Walker lost just a few years ago. Uh, some of you, at least on the East Coast, may know that name. One of the most brilliant radio announcers and audio description narrators ever uh he was willard scott's partner here in washington dc uh for 
30 years as a member of the Joy Boys. He did a wonderful job with that. And uh, uh, Chris does the voicing, of course. And uh, there, there are any number of folks. Sautana Howery in New York State does a great job with Absolutely. the voice and description. Yeah, and and uh, I use uh, mm. blind voice talents, blind consultants, <laughs> Uh, not only with media, but with the development of, of audio description scripts for performing arts and for museums, for audio described tours. We actually have, um, you know, in, in the pre-COVID days, we would be there on site uh, with a consultant who would uh, take the tour and listen to the language and listen to the directional information and make sure it was clear. Uh, that's another area where people who are blind um, are, are so important. Um, the only other thing I would I would throw in is uh, emphasizing what some have already said about uh, voicing. You know, I am less concerned uh, when I hire voice talents. Uh, I do a lot of the voicing myself uh, for my own company's work, but I do hire other male voice talents. I do hire female voice talents. And what I'm looking for is less the timbre of the voice and more, uh, to be honest with you, their brains. How quick are they? Um, it is rare that you have the script in front of you ahead of time, especially yeah. for media. You have to be able to read cold and you can practice that. Pick up the newspaper and just read it. Uh, look, uh, think about pronunciations. Um, think about punctuation. Good voicing is simply a matter of making meaning of words with your voice. It's making the punctuation. So, you know, I'll use phrases uh, like uh, woman without her man is a savage. Isn't that right? Woman without her man is a savage. Is everybody nodding in agreement? No, of course not. But say it. Don't change the words. Just say it in a way that makes it mean the opposite, right? Woman without her man is a savage. That's a simple little exercise. We, we have a, a lots of them that we do in the trainings. And those kinds of things are critical to practice um, and Again, it's it's that quickness that's so important. Um, facility with reading Braille, absolutely. But Chris mentioned the, the, just using a, a, a voiceover in your ear and then uh, have, hearing the script in your ear, if you will, and, and that could be text-to-speech, and then voicing it. That works. In fact, that's how Eddie Walker uh, voiced the tour, the audio described tour of the White House, uh, because tragically he uh, and he was one of the finest Braille readers I have ever met. His his fingers would fly over Braille pages uh, to do live radio. But uh, tragically, about a year before I had him do the voicing, he fell in the snow and his hands were not gloved uh, and he lost feeling in his fingers. He could no longer read. Um, but I, so I, you know, cause I was going to send him a braille script and what could be easier for Eddie Walker, but, uh, no, he did it all from, uh, just listening to me voice it through his ear. And then he revoiced the whole thing and it was wonderful. It worked flawlessly. Um, and it's partly because of his experience, his quickness, and you can develop that skill. Uh, like I say, read the newspaper, just take something you haven't looked at and read it and practice it and make it sound like it's coming from your heart. That's the other thing I would mention is that, you know, when audio description began in the early 80s, there was so much emphasis on subjectivity versus objectivity. And with respect to the voicing, that translated to golf announcer, as in 
Now he's yeah. moving there. Now she's moving there. Now he's doing this. Now the other, whatever. How boring. No, uh, the voice of the voice talent, and I tend not to use the word narrator so much, but it's a voicer of a description. That voice has got to be in consonance with the scene so you're looking at the scene it's a serious scene there'll be a soberness if it's a light scene there'll be a lilt in the voice uh it has to be listenable and at the same time you don't go over the line you don't go over the line and become an actor you're not in the scene but you are of the scene you have to clue into that that's another little tip with respect to voicing but otherwise this has been a great uh, session i've enjoyed i've learned a lot and enjoyed listening to you and if people have questions for me i'd be happy to respond thank you dr Scholl. and they can get you at your email or at the audio description project yeah. chris I wanted to ask before we go to another hand, we've got a lot of talent both in our organization on ACB radio and in the community at large that are producing their own programming. So if we have people that are audio editors and they're doing some good work, is that easily translatable into audio engineering for uh, audio description? And then we'll take another hand. Chris or Steve, either one. I'm sorry. I thought my audio was unmuted and it wasn't. That's cute. Um, um, I'll say yes and no. It's a good question. Um, it it uh, It is translatable because you're familiar with the concepts uh, that you need to have for um, mixing. If you're, especially if you're mixing your voice into, into um, other things like music and, and uh, things like that. Um, it is translatable in that you clean up your voice when you're doing a pre-recorded program and you take out your breaths and you take out the mouth noise that that always happens when people talk and uh, stuff like that. So yes, it, it, it can help a great deal. Um, <clears throat> I would say that uh, at least for audio wise and Steven can, uh, can, can enlighten us as to 0.360, but for us, Pro Tools is, uh, is our go-to uh, audio editing software audio mixing software um and it still is for the majority of the industry i would venture to say um there are those out there who shall remain nameless who use description machines that they just put a narrator in front of with a script and say go but um but uh, at audiowise we we believe in hand mixing our shows and and you know doing them within the context of of the show um as as we do with editing, editing is also uh, something that's important to us. We don't want to have you distracted by <gasps> narrators gasping in the middle of a long action-filled <gasps> description, you know, or anything like that. So we'll we'll take that out. Um, here's what I would say: if you are um, someone at ACB, particularly at ACB Radio, mm -hmm. have uh, experience with uh, audio engineering, and mm -hmm. you are a Pro Tools user and you would like to do audio description, audio engineering, please email me. I would love to work with you. And if, and if there are any gaps, I'll help, I'll help you fill it in and, and, we'll, and we'll talk. Please send me an email, chris at audioize.com. Um, I really, I am a huge advocate for blind engineers and I really, really want um, to see us expand our pool of audio engineers that are blind. Um, the, Let's jump to Steve real quick. I just want to, before you do, I'm sorry, I just want to say that if you have another audio editing program um, th that, you know, uh, we can talk, but I, I think that that's going to be harder to get into the description field with. 
Yes. Yeah, so, um, I, uh, yes, we also use Pro Tools of Point 360, and I have the same <laughs> feelings about those audio description software. I think that Chris has, so we, we have that in common. Um, and same thing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I would love to bring, um, blind engineer on who has experience with Pro Tools because um, we do the same thing. We have, um, we have engineer, I mean, again, you know, this is why it wasn't being recorded um, um, remotely, but when people are coming into the studio, we had the engineer there who was, as we called it, cleaning it up as he was going. As the recording was going, he would get rid of those breaths and all that. Then he had an editing session afterwards where he would go through the entire piece and get rid of all those in-betweens and all the little noises, clean it all up. Then it went to the mixer to get mixed. And then that was mixed by, again, human um, um, through the whole thing. So... Uh, yeah, we we would we would love that too. And I'll just shout out our website because my name's too hard to spell. It's point three sixty dot com point and then the numbers three six zero dot com. And if you send an email through that or send it through the link on the website, that'll actually come to me because I'm the one who sees that. So, and I recently launched our accessibility low accessibility page. So you can see it through there. Awesome. I think we'll probably have room uh, time for two more questions, Lynn. If you can get the next race hand ready. Yes, it's uh, uh, Byron. You can unmute. Byron, we know you know how to do this. <laughs> going once, going twice. All right, Lynn, we'll come back to Byron. Who else do we have? Well, okay. Okay. We have a person that has asked a question already. All right. Okay. JL, Hiel, you can unmute. In the meantime, if the three you just want to give out your email addresses again, so that, uh, or the websites. Sure. I'll give my email address then. It's S Salado. So S S A L O T T O at point three sixty dot com. That's point P O I N T and then the number is three six zero. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Now we can. Yes. Hello. Oh, yeah, that took a while. Okay, so Roy, real quick, you mentioned a, a resource website um, earlier that it wasn't you described, it was before that. And and the other question real briefly. Do you guys recruit for Spanish speakers also? Good question. Yes. <laughs> yes. Actually, we just, we just we uh, did on a <laughs> project for a lot of Spanish audio descriptions. So we're right now in the process of, um, um, I have a mic dubbing director giving me audition pieces tomorrow, actually, of voices. So. We absolutely do. And we also would like to have Spanish description quality specialists as well, mm -hmm. uh, Spanish speakers who can, um, and if you can, if you ha feel, you know, comfortable enough and conversant enough with English and Spanish to do a translation of an English script into a Spanish script um, as well, that is, that is extraordinarily helpful. Okay. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. That. Yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable. So I have to sit down and think about it for a while, but um, yeah. For sure. 